Hi, I'm Nate. I'm Noah. And we're joined with our friend Max Chester today. Hey, Max. Hi, how you doing? Max, just for a little context. Actually, it sounds better when Noah says it. Just for some context. <laughs> the context for, for this. Th- this is the context for this. This. Uh, Max, uh, you're a good friend of ours from Berkeley, good friend of ours in Los Angeles. We're working on a folk project together. And we were working on it today. We figured, why not have you on the show? So. Yeah, a tail end of a session, make yeah. some stories. We're going to make some, some, plus you listen to the podcast, so figure, you know. I do, I'm a fan. <laughs> this, is a, this is a dream of mine to be here. Plus, we don't have as interesting of an accent as, as I said, you know, I mean, not, I don't want to say like we're using you for it. but like, No, I understand. You've got a brand. You've got a brand. <laughs> Sell it hard. How do you think I got into Berkeley? True. Right. Uh, you know, actually, I, I think I, I got in by, uh, not on the piano skills, but but on I, I, during the interview, they were like, why do you think you should be at this school? And I said... Do you guys want a community? You ever heard the word community? Because I'll I'll be that for you. <laughs> Absolutely. My I I remember my interviewer said quote unquote that I was a breath of fresh air. Oh. And that was the day I knew that my subversion was fathomless. Oh, that yeah, I, I could go. make anyone believe anything. Truly <laughs> ideal. Well, I I appreciate having you on the show, and we're gonna you know we're gonna do all the questions. But before we do, I just want to quickly plug that we have a Patreon. So if anybody wants to check that out and support us, it's patreon.com slash talking lion. Everything that we get goes towards the podcast. Everything we don't need for the podcast, we donate either to our community or to charity. So check us out on Patreon. And I think we're ready for a very interesting show. Are you ready for an interesting show, Max? I have never been more ready. So without further ado, this is Talking Lion. No, we have a third. We do. <laughs> well, Hi, kids. That's what, what I've been asking for. <laughs> oh, no. is, this, is this a turning point in your relationship? Is it dangerous? Is it will spiral out from here? Uh, no, no, I, I think, think I think it's the beginning of a, of a beautiful new era. It's a new dynamic. It's a new dynamic. Yeah, we're, we're adding adding some uh, yeah. a, a new uh, new new vibe to the whole the whole thing. Well, how, how how how's everything going? I mean, you know, we've been together all day. Yeah, essentially, essentially we 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 live together at this you know, point. At, yeah, at this point. Yeah. So I I mean, we've we've been quarantining kind of as a group since probably. Like, a month, a month I would say about now. almost yeah, a month or two months. Yeah, so yeah. you must have been quarantining as a group for almost a month after, you know, you, me, Noah, and, and Kira, our other friends. We've, <laughs> we've literally just had 4th of July together. And um, I, I had to uh, sit through quite a lot of yeah. This was my fourth colonial year. themed jokes. Yeah, this is the first 4th that I've had with an English friend. And so... Uh, I kind of, you know, it, and it wasn't even like clever stuff. I, it was more like, it was more like, I'm going to, I'm going to kick your ass at backgammon just like we did in Yorktown. You know, it was I like not, so. it wasn't. I think given that it was your first 4th of July with an English friend, I think you held back. I think you, you didn't dig into him nearly enough. Yeah, I was, I was expecting worse. I was expecting way worse. <laughs> I, 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 I had the Neosporin ready. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Ready yeah. to go. And, those and, and sick I was burns. Those, those sick burns. Some, well, some fresh ointment. You know, I, if there's anything I'm known for, it's, it's going way below expectations that's uh <laughs> i was about to say the same thing oh thank you i appreciate it quite a lot absolutely um well tell us tell us a little bit about yourself just so that as we enter this podcast people kind of know you know where where you're from like what's your story of what do you what, yeah, what, what are your dreams fear. and ambitions what's, and, yeah, you know, yeah. what's the meanest thing your father said to you yeah have you had uh freudian dreams <laughs> <laughs> i i uh <laughs> you don't want to get started on my dreams no that feels like a leading question. Um, no, the, chi- so the, I, chicken, I, the chicken I, dream, the chicken is, dream. Uh, which we'll, we'll go without saying, but it, it yeah. isn't Freudian. It's just uh, just odd. Mm. But no, so I, I, I grew up in England, as I'm, I'm sure you can tell, and I'm sure you guys know. 
And having gone to school out there, I was always into music from a very young age. And that's kind of consequently led me to Berkeley in America. Um, I, I finished high school as one does at, at 18 and immediately pretty much came out here. Bumped into you guys probably towards the was, end of the first year, I would say. 2017, so. 2017, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, my first year at Berkeley, bumped into you guys relatively early on in the whole thing. And although I didn't, I, I never became bosom buddies with you just out of, Hatred. I don't think I've been bosom buddies with, with any, anyone. I don't think I've ever yeah. called anybody specifically that. Well, we but. can change that soon. <laughs> but um, but but no. So so we kind of cross paths now and mm. again uh, through through Sophia, a kind of a, a, a mutual friend of ours at the time, and then and, and um, a, a friend of my ex girlfriend. Exactly. There was there was just a lot of convenient paths crossing, and as I graduated, you guys had been out here for a couple of years already. You kind of knew LA a lot better than I did. And I was just a scared little foreigner kind of coming out here <laughs> to, no, to, no, to no friends and, and no structure. And you guys very kindly extended a hand and invited me to trivia night. And just a couple of little things peppered throughout the week to give me some structure and some some sort of resemblance of, of the before times when we all hung out together right. in, um, in, in practice rooms and did all kinds of silly little well, if I re recall, I think the first time we actually hung out in Los Angeles, because I re remember like parts at Berkeley, you know, uh, though I was, you know, I was kind of in breakup season, breakup town. I remember we were jammed in practice rooms mm -hmm. and, and we would hang out, uh, you know, because I'd known like Sophia for, for a bit before you. So, so but there, you know, the superstructure was there. Uh, but I do remember uh, the first time we hung out in Los Angeles was on your birthday. It was. And, yeah. and there was some trivia around you like there was yes. uh yeah. sophia had set up a uh, max themed trivia and that was where i learned that you also are like a math whiz i, I think whiz is pushing it but but i you mean ha you have a, a, a published formula am i correct it's it's a theorem on is a formula <laughs> but, it's, but essentially the way that kind of interacts with the world is that it, it means nothing it's it's like it's an interesting tidbit you know you ever hear like facts that are really dumb like you know polar bears are left-handed it's like one of those kind of things where i'm like wow that's interesting didn't know that i didn't know polar bears were left-handed yeah they asked so. them to sign their autograph and then they, <laughs> and they, they worked it all out but um but essentially all it is is it's just about digital sums of uh, multiples of 12. did you say that joke is polarizing no, no, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd, do my I'd do my best not to say that in almost any circumstance. And Nora's chuckling to my left ear listener. But I just like, like how, how, how much you shut that down. It's like, would you say that joke is polarizing? Pun, pun, pun. And you say, no, I've, I wouldn't. I've, I've lived with Nate's puns borderline nonstop for the last three weeks. And at this point, I simply can't take it. I'm, I'm not even going to pretend to be polite. He punts them. Yeah. But I appreciate I, I appreciate it. It's, it's the price to pay for this kind of heuristic shamanism that Nate's given me in the last couple of weeks <laughs> while we navigate the odd the odd times that the is quarantine. Well, everybody needs friends in the apocalypse. That's how I, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I've always, and maybe it's because of the fact that I just love sitcoms, but I think I have somewhat of an obsession with the makeshift family. Like I, I, I think I have, a, you know, a very, a big fondness in my heart for the kind of, um, you know, friends that you make that it's not just, oh, we hang out out of convenience or we hang out, you know, because we need something from each other, like, you know, which was the case somewhat at Berkeley and it is, this, you know, oftentimes happens in Los Angeles. But I always like this idea of like the, the growing, changing dynamic friendships, you know, and I, I feel like we get along because we have a similar you know, interest in that. Like Absolutely, yeah. the idea, the sort of joke we were making was making old friends, you know, the, like off of that Ben Rector song, mm -hmm. but like, because I actually have an issue with a song. It's like, you can't make old friends. And I'm just like, I'm only doing if, it. Only if you yeah. die young. Only if you die young. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. Got plenty of time to make yeah. old friends. Got plenty of time to die young, you know? No. <laughs> big, big shout out to Ben Richter. Ben? Hey. And big, his quarantine song. What's his quarantine song? His, um, what's it, the it's you, called? only you. Is that the yeah, song? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. so good. Only, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Is it called crazy. Only You? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I only hear that I, when I'm hanging out with, with, well, yeah, with you. Well, like, yeah. Sophia consumes Ben Rector for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, <laughs> so it'll be on at some point. I have a digestive joke with Ben Rector that you don't want to hear. <laughs> it's a pun. Okay. And I'm going to Ben Rectum? Ben Rectum. There it is. Nailed it. Yeah, that was bad. Um, that was just bad. Yeah. Well, Max, uh, y- you're you're just in time for our second episode. Well, this is the the twelfth episode of, of Talking Line, but yeah. it is the second episode to feature our new segment. Can I ask you a personal question? Are you ready for it? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. No, are you ready? I think so. Are you guys ready? I was ready. I, 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 I brought I'm one too. Be. I was. I did my homework. I brought one. Mine came to me this morning, and I'm curious. You know, it could be a good question. It could be, yeah. and that's what's exciting about these. You know, you never know. But I want to know if you can recount the worst breakfast you've ever had in oh. context. So it wasn't necessarily like, like quality of the food, more like just a really rough morning or really rough evening that bled into morning i just want to know a breakfast that was like your low point i want like tears in the coffee okay or throwing up uh, uh, next to the bagel shop which was which was my july 5th 2019 mm-hmm. was just throwing up mm-hmm. next to the bagel shop um that's not my low i just want you to know that mm-hmm. that happened that's your um, worst breakfast no that that's just one that's just a breakfast okay that was july 5th 2019 <laughs> right <laughs> Okay, I, uh, I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it here. Uh, I went on a, a particularly chaotic Tinder date back at Berkeley. I, this must have been 2017, maybe 2018. I don't remember uh, when specifically it was, but it, I it was one of those nights where I drank way too much and I uh, ended up throwing up on myself. And 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 had puke all over my shirt, and I had to go to a choir rehearsal, and I didn't have time to go home and change, but I did have time to drag myself into a Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> uh, and and very hastily get myself a coffee, and and walk into <laughs> this choir rehearsal, and and just that was my <laughs> breakfast was just a, a Dunkin' coffee with literally just dried puke on my <laughs> on my batman t-shirt as i walked into video game choir and it was just felt like the like the, it was the walk of shame plus like the walk of puke shame plus bad dunkin donuts coffee plus i then going to an acapella rehearsal it, it just really made me feel like some special type of way i don't even know if it was bad but it was like it was definitely something classic alto yeah <laughs> That's that's a whole story. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was, that, that was uh, in English in, in proper English. No, that was a fucking wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I can compete in the same style, but I want like, like a, if, if you have like emotional brevity, I'm okay uh, with like some. No, some I mean, yeah, I was raised on ex Benedict and re- emotional repression. So, okay, cool, good call. So yeah. those those two go hand in hand in this story. That's Don't called an worry. English breakfast. An English breakfast, yeah, exactly. It's um, seasoned with no feelings. <laughs> um, but picture this. So in England, we have these exams called the GCSEs, which everyone takes at 16, and you take them in a bunch of different subjects. And you spend most of the two years prior to that studying for those exams. There's nothing when you're 15, nothing even really when you're 14. So basically, you you go into secondary school or high school, essentially, for Americans. And from day one, you're studying for these guys. And you guys know I was, I'm kind of a recovering theater kid. And so I had met my girlfriend at the time 
and we were probably borderline two years into the relationship as the GCSE exams were coming up and things were a little a little odd she was like you know the lead in the new production that was going on at the same time and and all kinds of things had transpired which meant that there was a lot of like pressures and things like that you know we were trying to rehearse together in on 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 stage and things like that but things off stage were a little odd and you could certainly smell some tension and I'm also trying to revise for my exams on the back of this and I remember one night after after practice and she just practiced the big main on stage kiss scene with this guy who I was really jealous of obviously, oh okay, from, like, okay. Wait, what, what show was it stuff. it was it was cabaret oh. oh yeah and so she was Sally Bowles and were you the MC uh no not in that one okay Wait, not, not were you in, in another one. production of Cabaret? I've done two Cabarets. Wow. Wow. And, and that one I was dancing, which was really fun because I always, I always loved doing that. I but, hate, um, hate dancing. I was in, a, I was in a, a high school chorus line. That shit was too hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I think I just kind of love the, um, you know, the, the kind of the... Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a brain in a jar. I just can't move. Fair can't, enough. Can't move around. Fair enough. But, re- but regardless, so, so we sat down outside of the chapel in boarding school, which is borderline a cathedral. It's, I, I went to a very odd place and we sat down and, and it's kind of dusk. And she's like, listen, I, sh- I know that ethically I should wait until after your exams to tell you this, but I think we need to break up. And she yes. broke up with you in a church? Was just outside. We were just in, in the gardens okay. of the school, right? But there's just kind of this monolithic entrance to a giant okay. Church of England cathedral behind us, which kind of gave it some kind of odd, un- ungodly setting, which was quite odd. And and I mean, I, I kind of sensed it coming. I certainly didn't think it was going to happen like that. And I, I did my best in a true emotionally repressed sense to be like, okay, in the moment. And as soon as I walked back to my, my dormitory later in the night, back to my house, I just like fully, fully broke down in front of, you know, like my best mates from the rooms either side of me who had heard it <laughs> and my housemaster who came right. along and they kind of sat with me for hours and hours. And I remember waking up the next day, my English exam, English was my worst subject. Um, we had to do lots of literary analyses and things like that. And I didn't like reading the books. So that was <laughs> that was the first hurdle that I had to surmount. And Lord knows I didn't surmount it. And I had anticipated spending the night before reading essentially the spark notes right. of the books. So right. I was due to take the essay on, but unfortunately other things had come up. So I was woefully unprepared for this exam. And I was sitting having an eggs Benedict breakfast with my with my mate Wick <laughs> talking about or just trying to trying to get the rundown on like what are the texts what do I need to know here what's so, kind of what's I don't mean on. to interrupt but is is Wick short for anything it's short for Wickham <laughs> I'm, I'm, so sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry I asked yeah. if there's anything more he has brothers called um Thurso Farley and Macney um but wow. but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you but um but regardless so we're out there preparing for this exam and I'm essentially just asleep emotionally and physically right, asleep yeah, yeah. i didn't sleep much the night before i'm not ready for this i'm chowing down throwing hollandaise all over the room and of course onto my shirt as well <laughs> because i'm you know who really cares at this point trundle along to the exam 9 a.m in said cathedral before because it was the only space big enough to house all the students and kind of I, I'm, I'm there realizing i don't really know anything so i'm making up quotes from fake critics hoping that the examiner who has 200 papers to do in the next hour is just reading through going that sounds legit and, and luckily it paid off. I did very well in that exam. Even. <laughs> I hate that. You know, if you, can, if, you, if you can bullshit, you can bullshit. And I think that's that's something I had to rely on that day. But I'm there sat in the exam room kind of reminiscing over the night before for about 45 minutes before realizing I'm halfway through the allotted time and I haven't opened the paper. Oh. Hollandaise aromas filling the room, you know, and eggy stenches to my neighbors. So I was not best pleased that day. That was probably my most uncomfortable breakfast scenario. I'll definitely do it. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, I'm just happy to never have to take a test again. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm the, so glad I'm past that. Yeah, you know, I think that like our anxiety dreams are like are like 
you know, I mean, yeah. chickens, but like, yeah. I still, um, I still have test anxiety dreams. I oh still yeah, have, me too. I still have, uh, wake up, wake up and I'm stuck in school and there's a test that I haven't studied for. And, uh, even worse than that, as I'm sure you, we can relate to as recovering theater kids cast as the lead in a play. Don't know the, don't, don't know, know any part. of the lines. Yeah, exactly, that one yeah. is brutal. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Do you guys ever have dreams where you're like tired in the dream and you can't move? That actually has never happened to me. Okay, no. that happens to me all the time and it's awful. Like where you have to do, like I feel like my anxiety dream is that I have to be somewhere or do mm-hmm. something or I'm having an important conversation or running from something mm-hmm. or whatever and I, ju- I just can't keep my eyes open or like move my muscles. It's very scary. I, I just get like lost it. a lot in dreams. That's what happen, happens to me. Like there's, there, there's always that sense of I have to do something or be somewhere, but then it's like, I don't know, like in a video game where you keep getting sidetracked with side quests. Like there just keeps, there keeps being a reason why I don't, I get distracted from my main goal. And I just, most of my dreams have like an overarching, like I lost my backpack and I have to get back to it. I got on the wrong bus and I ended up on this weird Island. Like I'm, trapped in the middle of a forest and I have to get back to where my family is like shit like that. And it never happens. I wake up having never achieved the, the overarching thing that I was supposed to achieve. Did you ever have to do the stairwell in a, in one sixty, like to get really far up to do, Oh, to take it. Yeah. Like take I, it. I mean, I did it by choice for a while. It was, it was kind of my thinking. Space, I used to have the know? dream 13, where like I'd 13 be, floors, which is yeah. actually 17 floors because the first floor of four doubles on there, you know, and 3M, which doesn't exist. But, <laughs> right. but I, I used to I used to have a, a nightmare where I'd be late somewhere and I would be just stuck in this spiral staircase. Uh, it was awful. That's a tough it one. It was like a that's backpack a on too, like my yeah. shoulders just slightly hurting. Definitely up there on the on the fever stress streams. Noah, you're up. Nate and Max. Hi there. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Did you have a really important stuffed animal or toy as a small child? And if so, what was their name? And what was your relationship to them? Uh, yeah, I, I had, um, well, I, I had two, uh, when I was much younger, I had a pajama Sam doll that I would carry everywhere apparently. (laughs) Uh, and in fact, uh, my mom tells the story quite a lot that I left my pajama Sam doll in a restaurant in Los Angeles and we only realized it when we got to the airport. So my parents actually missed, and I was apparently bereft. And so my parents missed their flight. Or like change their flight. Wow! To go back to the restaurant, get the pajama Sam doll, oh my goodness. and then and then leave. But uh, as I got older, I really loved like the Ty dolls. I mean, I, in a sense, I still do. Like I have this this stuffed lion we have, you oh, know, yeah. uh, named Kovu, and he he's been hanging out uh, on my nightstand. And if I have a bad dream, occasionally I'm saved by a lion. So I got to thank Kovu for that one. But when I was a kid, I had a really vivid imagination and, uh, I would imagine that some of these like dolls could talk. And I, uh, had a monkey beanie baby named Magic. Ooh. And, and his name was Magic. One, because he was a uh, sort of black and white, you know, he kind of looked like a magician. If a monkey was a magician, Magic was it. But also, like, I would imagine that he had, like, he could fly and he had magic powers and he would fight some of the other stuffed animals with his magic powers, you know? Uh, they, they didn't stand a chance. I was definitely an imaginative imaginative kid, you know? And, and that, uh, definitely I had a, had a stuffed animal. There is something enormously telling about other people's stuffed animal stories, I think. <laughs> and, and that makes a lot of sense for you. But unfortunately, in all the ways you may have described me as a child, 
um, bedeviled with imagination wasn't one of them. And, <laughs> and, and that is expressed in no clearer way than the name of my favorite stuffed animals. So first of all, we've got to have honorable mentions, second and third place favorites, which were Dogs Be Little and Dogs Be Large, which were Little and Large Dog, <laughs> respectively. No, no prestigitating monkeys flying around the place. That one, that one went way over my head. But, um, so but, did magic. Exactly. But my, but my true favorite was, um, was Blue Birdie who was blue and a birdie. And Blue Birdie was my favorite to such an extent that my poor mum had to re-sew on arms and little eyes and things, presumably in the hundreds of times, just nonstop, constantly re-sewing when limbs fell off because I was hugging through stress dreams and things like that or whatever eight-year-olds have to deal with. And he's, he's, he's still still alive and kicking. Was he able to talk to you? I don't think I ever had that. Okay. I think the only times I ever tried to uh, to talk to my stuffed animals were when my teachers told me it was a good revision method. They were like, you know, teach your teddy was this whole thing, right? Because if you can teach it to them, you prove to yourself that you okay, know Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I did that, but but seriously, I was I was not... Teach your Tweety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was, I was uh, very much not engaging in that kind of side of the teddy bear industry as a kid. Well, it's it's funny. I do remember having a bit, like like a really overactive imagination to the point where like... You know, my, my friend Luke and I, we genuinely thought like in a Danny Phantom or whatever sense that we like could see ghosts or that we could, that we had magic powers or whatever, and that we just couldn't see them in this reality, but that we were like kicking ass somewhere, yeah. you know, somewhere else. So Nate and Noah, is it okay if I ask you a personal question? That's not the name of the segment, you know? What is, what it's, is, it's can I ask you a personal sorry. question? You're so polite. Dear, you know? dear Nate and Noah, mayhaps <laughs> and perchance, with good blessing, I might be able to attend to you with a personal question. You may. Thank you very much. I want to know, in the last two or three weeks, which we've essentially spent holding hands, um, <laughs> what's something that you think you did that was really brave? Not not necessarily brave in a Samsonian sense, sense of, you know, you beat the lion or anything like that, but just like something that you were proud of yourself for doing because you thought that it was a little bit outside of your comfort zone, but the right thing to do. Hmm. That's a great question. And my, my go-to thought is the protests. You know, I mean, I think there's a bunch of awful stuff happening in the country and I'm happy to be on the right side of history in this and just like, and, and be a part of this wave and protest. But I mean, outside of that, I feel like my... My answer is a little bit of a cop out, but I, I, it's what is coming to my head, which is that I feel like because we're in music, because it's such a, you know, outside of a comfort zone place to be in anyway, that that's kind of become my comfort zone. So I, when you asked me when was the last time you were brave, I, you know, I, I, I don't remember in the last month being particularly brave. And if anything, I feel like I'm a pretty cautious person. So I, uh, I think that if if anything, I, your your question is a is a gauntlet to be thrown to to be you know a little bit braver. You know, we were talking this weekend about the movie We Bought a Zoo. We didn't watch it, and then we're not talking about it. But like the all you need is like twenty seconds of bravery. I feel like I haven't had to like channel that uh, mm-hmm. channel that space in a in a while. I can do my best to put you in a situation. Oh, I would you, you know to, I would yeah. love to be in peril. You, you know, re- just <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, Noah, what about you? Well, what about me? I mean, yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat. Obviously, with the quarantine, I haven't I haven't done much of anything. So adding the, the additional gauntlet of doing something brave is a tricky question to answer. You know, I, I did not too long ago start to wade into the waters of trying to find some kind of platonic ground with with a romantic ex. And it, it was a it was a belabored conversation. 
and, and it was one of those conversations that that had a lot of personal stakes and uh, we talked a lot about stuff mistakes that I had made and and mistakes that were made on on, on both sides and in the spirit of moving forward as adults and and trying to find the goodwill to move past unhealthy attachments and 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 find hopefully some kind of better future even though the relationship has changed significantly uh and you know that's still something that's kind of ongoing but i think that there's there's a bravery to to sort of one acknowledging shit that you've done wrong yeah absolutely and also trying to be friends with an ex it's not always easy well, thank you for joining us for for our new segment. Uh, that that whose name you uh, can I ask you a personal question? Thank you. You know, uh, uh, I I'm appreciated not to get kicked out halfway through. <laughs> I appreciated the uh, the gymnastics you did yeah. earlier, though. We're, the next question that we ask is is something new and something old that we're listening to. I'm gonna start with my old. My old is when we went hiking. I asked, requested as we were cruising. In uh, in Kira's Kira's car, with all the windows open down the highway, I asked that we played "Alive with the Glory of Love" by Say Anything, which is uh, an older pop punk song, which I just remembered before we recorded this was in an episode of Scrubs, and not just any episode of Scrubs, like the end of season six, right before JD and Elliot get together, like before. Spoilers. Okay. Spoilers. Yeah, you know, watch the show, but also. <laughs> The show doesn't even have the original music direction anymore, mm-hmm. which is really <laughs> unfortunate. But I love Say Anything. I was a huge fan of them. I saw them live a whole bunch of times as a kid, despite the the weird subject matter. It's a really great song to blast and scream while you were cruising down whatever highway we were going down. I had so, a great time listening to that. I appreciate so it. I appreciate that quite a lot. So yeah, that's uh that's that's my that's my old. What's your what's your new and your your old? My next? new and my old I both have unlocked because I was listening to them both this morning. My new uh, Nora and I were discussing earlier is the new Hon Hone H O N N E the the British electronic duo their new album come mixtapes that they're calling it mm. and it's just this charming little thing that was apparently mostly produced in the quarantine wow like, okay. it was a real quick thing I mean they're, they're apparently a bunch of it was written but then there's so many references in those songs to you know so there's an entire track called social distancing oh wow um, you know so so it's very referential and very appropriate this time that came out a couple of days ago and it's just this little microcosm of fun little production bit of ear candy bit of that there with some very genuine songs and some really lovely structure just yeah it's nice and it's 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 one of those albums or they're calling it a mixtape as i said where where structurally it feels like it has a narrative the whole piece of art rather than individual little kind of tableaus you know so you so you start at the beginning and you listen to it in order which i don't often do with albums i'm, I'm, I'm typically not a patient enough listener to do that which is something i'm trying to work on and so i Dove, dove into this and I was rewarded greatly by that. So big, big shout out to them and big recommendations. It's called No Song Without You. And it's a really lovely little project. It doesn't take long. It's like 35 minutes. The whole uh, album. Listen, I'm the odd one out, so I still got to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely worthwhile. And my oldie was I've, uh, I've recently been getting back into after a bit of a, probably a year long hiatus, like the end of Mahler's symphonic works, like seven through nine, kind of went towards the end of his life. And he was a grumpy old grouch. And this was, this was in, the time before Kylie Rae Jepsen invented music, remember? So, oh yes, yeah. So, so for him to be doing this crazy kind of stuff, particularly like the fourth move, the fourth movement of, of Symphony Nine is, <laughs> and I maintain, will forever be probably the greatest bit of music ever written ever. Full stop. So, it's so when you went, stunning. when you when we said old, you went old. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going I think that's like the back. oldest piece of music. That's we the oldest had piece on of music that we had on the. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate. I, listen, I appreciate it though. Yeah. yeah. For, for those of you who don't know Marla's stuff, 
it's 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 worthwhile worthwhile digging in. It's it's not as unaccessible as you think it is. But yeah, that's that's an absolute banger. I, yeah, I'm I'm unfamiliar. Mahler, Mahler, Oh, Mahler, Mahler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Gustav. Yeah, you Gustav. Mean, yeah, Gustav, Gustav Mahler. Good well, yeah, Gustav. I, I think I had to, I think I just had to say it slightly. New York. Okay. Yeah. You know, New York yeah. trigger trigger yeah. memories. Yeah, yeah. 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 First I thought you said Marla, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, who's Marla? Marla. Yeah. Who that? Yeah. No, Gustav. Yeah. <laughs> Gustav Mahler. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. But the final the final movement of his last symphony slaps. It's, you're, you're out there like banging heads and stuff. It's it's crazy. I'll take your word for it. I'll listen to it too. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that's my old. No. What's your new and old? Okay, so here's the thing. I didn't I didn't know what your new was going to be. My new is going to be No Song Without You by Han. Like that was what oh, wow. I came with my answer. That was my Are prepared answer. Are you guys bosom answer. brothers? Bosom Because I actually, truth be told, have not gotten a chance to listen full through the entire record. I stopped about halfway through, but uh, the song popped up on my release radar. And it was one of those moments when like the song came on and it's just like head, head out the window, like slightly melancholy feel good scene in, in an indie movie kind of song like it's one of those songs that just really has such a cinematic vibe and i was walking down the street listening to it and it just it was one of those moments where i just felt like i was the star in my own movie and it's just like <laughs> such a nice like it captured such a nice moment and i listened to like more of the rest of the record and i was like oh the production on this is like what i've always loved about them is they they use like harmony and vocals and production in a way that like is inherently nostalgic and pulls cues from lots of like old jazz and soul music, but it's it's extremely current uh, and and rides this really nice line of being nostalgic, but also uh, kind of futuristic. And the new record is very much like uh, it's cute, like it's like like no song without you. It's it's and, and the other songs like they're love songs. They're like really simple kind of confessions of a very stable and happy kind of love. And there's just something really nice about bright music, especially in this dark time. And it's, it's also good, good music written about happy stuff. You know, yeah. you don't yeah. see that very yeah. often. No, exactly. <laughs> the, 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 it, it manages to be uh, like bright and happy without being too corny. Like it, it, it's, it, it can, it runs the gambit of being a little cheesy, but in, in, in a really like slick kind of way. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, it's very much the vibe I'm trying to capture with music for birds of, of, uh, which is, you know, my solo project of being like jazzy and bright and kind of soulful and and happy without being like goofy, you mm, know? And I think yeah. I think that I, I really respect that about that record. And my old is, uh, I haven't I haven't actually been listening to a ton of music, which is why I, I would have had another new, but that's literally the only new thing I've listened to in the last week. Uh, my old is sometimes when I'm feeling some type of way, I go out on the balcony and I open, I throw out the Yui Boom and I throw in a, a, a big band playlist and uh, the first song that came up is a song, It's Only a Paper Moon, sung by Ella Fitzgerald. And it was just a, a really beautiful arrangement, like pianos and like this wonderful, like Ink Spots-esque, like doo-wop choir behind her. And the way that the, the, her vocals interplay with this choir of people and the like, really subtle brass, but it's like really piano driven. It's a really subtle big band song, which I really appreciate. Like, cause like we're so used to hearing like the big, like it's big band, right? So it's like huge, like brass sections that just like, are overpowering, but there's something really cool about a kind of big bandy swing song that's more understated, and that's what I really got out of the record. I'm definitely the odd one out for the for the Han track, and I love that we went from classical to big band to pop punk. <laughs> um, a, a classic, an oldie but a goodie, as we exactly, as we yeah, as we do. Um, but my my new is also a segue because we watched the Eurovision movie. Actually, Noah and I watched it twice. Um, in 24 hours. In 24 hours. Because yeah. we watched it once, just the two of us, and then thought it was so good that we wanted to watch it with you and Kira. And so 
Uh, I've actually been listening to the soundtrack because the songs in it are stupid good. Husevik is charting now. It Husevik. is Will Ferrell's first Billboard hit. <laughs> it is. It's not a sentence I thought. There is, yeah, right? Well, I mean, because of course Salvin Katech has like, worked on the record. There's, mm-hmm. But there was, like, this movie didn't, as a movie, have to be this good. Like, it, it, it was a Netflix movie. Like, it had Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams. Like, it didn't, like, it could have been just, like, a whatever slapstick movie. And we would have been like, ha, 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 Netflix made another movie with a crazy premise, whatever. But it was a good movie. It was a beautifully, a shockingly beautiful movie yeah. that, like, actually made Iceland look really cool. Like, like it felt respectful to Iceland, but also, respect, in a sense, respectful to the the majesty and also strangeness of Eurovision and all of the songs, every single song was from Yaya Ding Dong to Husevik were gorgeous. They yeah. were beautiful, beautiful, like really good songs. So I've been listening to Husevik just because yeah, the writing's really great, the production's really great. The Rachel McAdams hybrid with the Icelandic singer sounds really great. Like even when Will Ferrell sings along, which which doesn't sound great in the context, there's something kind of beautiful about this character that he played being a part of this song. And that that makes me, just like listening to, uh, you know, to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, you know, that makes me so happy. So I was just so surprised that this movie was as lovely as it wound up being. Yeah. And I feel like I could watch it like another, you know, half dozen times and have no like qualms at all, you know? And so that that's my new, but also I wanted to sort of have a transition into us talking about this film together because we watched it together, you know? And and it's it was the, the, the weak defining film, you know? I think it probably was. And I think what really struck me, as you said, is that it really had no business being that <laughs> movie. It, it just simply didn't need to go that hard. And, and and it's beautifully shot and it's sophisticated and it's quaint. You know, it's it's definitely built upon values, but it's never sermonizing about them. You know, it's 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 a movie with some with some authority, but also with this kind of delirious charm and this corkscrew happiness and all this kind of weird little odd things that only a Eurovision film could ever be. <laughs> but um, but also just with with some depth that I wouldn't in a million years have expected from from a Netflix Will Ferrell comedy movie. Yeah, that, it, that's it, what it hit really, me. It was just really hits a little different. It, there was depth. Uh, there was there were th- like actually mature themes that kept sort of weaving throughout. You know, Kimbellian characters who are trying to yeah. you know achieve things and get over their ghosts. Uh, all you know, all the while there were like consistencies to the characters, like little quirks, little callback jokes. I love that Rachel McAdams kept holding on to two drinks. Like that was her thing. Mm-hmm. It was just, they, did it, they did it precisely three times in true comedy writing fashion. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just, just very thoughtful. Right? Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. It was a thoughtful movie. There was so much heart to it. Even Rachel McAdams' Icelandic accent was just yeah. like, it was like this nice hybrid of Bjork and and Rachel McAdams that I didn't know I needed in my life. But. I think I think my favorite thing about my second viewing of that movie was really dialing in on, one, how hard all the actors tried to keep their ac- accent consistent, but how terrible they were at it. Like, just like, <laughs> the premise of the movie is so ridiculous that it truly doesn't matter that they can't hold a consistent accent to save their lives. Like, there's, there's moments when it's just like, that wasn't Icelandic. But the thing that struck me <laughs> it, with that lens was how fucking good Pierce Brosnan was at, at it. So, Pierce yeah. Brosnan crushed the... Like, I, I didn't even notice it was Pierce Brosnan the first time I watched that movie and then I saw him in the credits and the second time I was like, oh, that's Pierce Brosnan. His Icelandic accent is like... I don't know if it's accurate because, uh, you know, I'm... Yeah, I'm, no, no, it's become the prevailing uh, Icelandic no, accent well, expert uh, on I don't the know show. if it's accurate, but it's consistent. And I think there's mm-hmm. just something about, like, 
Like, that man approached this movie with a craft, and he, like, stuck to his guns and, like, really, like, nailed the accent. Whereas, like, it, it, Will, it, Will Ferrell, like, that's not his bag. Like, that he's not coming in. Right, though he's I will, I, Will, I will Ferrell. put down a defense that Rachel McAdams crushed her accent. I think she, she did. She did crush her accent, but it's still, like, there's moments when she sounds super Canadian. I mean, like, that's fair. That's, that's, that's. Like, uh, there's uh, moments where you can hear it's Rachel McAdams, like, and, and they didn't, obviously didn't push to get a better take, because that wasn't the point of the movie. Whereas Pierce Brosnan, I will reiterate, crushed it viking energy viking energy <laughs> well another tv show that no one i watched uh, mm. that i actually want to recommend to you max and Ooh. to everybody listening is this lovely netflix animated show called kipo in the, the age, age of, of the, the wonder, wonder beasts. beasts wow did you uh, guys that? no that was actually really cool yeah, that that happened cool. yeah. yeah you know i mean i know it's like a lot less cool for us to acknowledge when we do that but when that that's, happen, that's, that's why i did that it was, I, can't, I can't let you get that much that was frequent. lit af yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well I, I would never say that. I would so never that, say that either. Yeah. I just wanted to come up with something yeah. really uncool to say. No, no, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was uncool. Um, it but it's a really, here's the thing is like, we were recommended the show by, by some friends and also by Netflix's algorithm. And our old roommate, I believe, worked on it, as did our current roommate, um, just on the, on the music side. And it looked interesting in a, you know, in a kind of post-apocalyptic way, I just didn't, similarly didn't expect it to have as much heart as it did. Like, again, it had no business being this good. And we all, but we all, I also appreciate the way we watched it. We all watched the pilot and we're like, that was pretty good. And then we watched nine episodes in a row. <laughs> we watched the yeah. pilot and then we watched the rest of the season yeah. in one sitting. Well, and because and actually, I think they do a really interesting job of dedicating the first episode to building the world, uh, introducing Kipo and introducing her to Wolf, like the other main character at what you assume is going to be a duo show. And then the next two episodes, I believe from there, introduces the rest of the dynamic and the central conflict. And I think that they, that like the fact that they not only take their time with it, but also introduce an incredible amount of world building and these factions, these animal factions that have lore and history and all that stuff. It reminded me a lot of Avatar. And, you know, I'm not like, so quick to say, oh, this is Avatar-esque or whatever, but I think that there was a level of care and detail and to, to the world and characters that is very reminiscent of the, the heart that was in Avatar. If anything, I feel like power play on Netflix, like, oh, you want more Avatar? Yeah, we have yeah. a show that actually does this pretty well with elements even too of Attack on Titan. Elements of, yeah. you know, the sort of, oh, this is futile, maybe it's not. Uh, we thought we knew everything about the main character and then we didn't you know just little funny jokes within the world that that are it was, it was just really it's a really well done show and the animation's gorgeous similarly like uh intricate like fight and action choreography to avatar you know i always loved that, that like yeah. the fight could sort of take place over the course of many locations mm. and stuff like that and i think i think keep it as a, and a nice like that. musical element to it like music plays a really oh. big role in the show and uh you know i'm not always the biggest fan of the way music interweaves with with media because uh, sometimes i feel like it's a little on the nose but i i feel like the music was like really heartfelt and, and added a nice flavor to it. Yeah, the original songs are great and and like fit in the world. It, similarly to Eurovision, which I accidentally said in a somewhat Icelandic accent. Eurovision. Uh, yeah. Eurovision. Very, very similarly to Eurovision. Uh, <laughs> but also the actual like music supervision's really fantastic. Oh, yeah, the music in the show is yeah. sick. So interesting. The actual scores. Like, and the score, the score is yeah. gorgeous. The score um, is really, really good. Well, I know what I'm watching tonight. Kipo. Absolutely. There we go. And the age of the wander beasts. <laughs> nice, that's like the second time, right? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what is the last photo on your camera roll? Oh, so it was one of my roommate's birthdays. 
and she's been having an odd, an odd kind of time. And I think she needed a bit of distraction therapy. And so we ended up decorating the house in a sort of a 70s cinema sort of theme. So we rolled out a red carpet from her bedroom door where, where she'd be brought back in the back door, which goes straight into her bedroom. Red carpet from her door out to the kitchen where there was, you know, like old style popcorn buckets and things like that and, and snacks and an old little movie cutter. What are those guys called? The, a slate. Uh, a slate. Yeah, one of these yeah. guys. Exactly. A, cl- a clacker. Clacker. So, you know, that had all kinds of information about what we'd be doing and a little a little kind of indulgent night of... Uh, of watching movies with stars on the wall and little red curtains over the screen hmm. that, that were makeshift and, and not very convincing, but I think the intention oh, was I'm there. I'm sure she appreciated that. No, yeah. I mean, if, if, if there's anything you ever need from her, it, I, I think absolutely she appreciated it. She's the kind of person that will let you know, regardless of what you do, that it's massively appreciated. So so we sat down and we watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, which was a really interesting watch. It's been a long time since I've watched a Tarantino film. I, I never did the, the Hateful Eight, so it's really been before that since the last one I watched. It was... Um, you know, there's it's a Tarantino movie. You kind of got, got to watch it with with the goggles on. Mm. You know, you try and just kind of immerse yourself for a couple of hours into this weird little collagey love letter to late sixties, early seventies LA and all this kind of odd and spaghetti westerns. Mm. Yeah, and 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 it, and it really is is quite beautiful in its cinematography and its staging and everything. I think the only issue that I had was I was not in a sufficient kind of mental awakeness. To take on all the details. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big it's, movie. There's a lot going on in that. Well, movie. that's also I it's, feel it's like watch two or three times to understand kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also just to know the actual history. Like I feel yeah. like I don't want to spoil it, but mm-hmm. there is a happy ending that never happened. Well, that's the in Hollywood. It's yeah. the Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. The after ever after, right? You know, and, and so that mm-hmm. and that's the thing is like to know like what really hit me about it is I I for, when I was in high school. I was fascinated by like the summer of love and like the Manson family and like, and just that whole, like it feels almost like it's not real. Like it's, mm. there's something mm. really, and people mark that time as like the end of like the golden age of Hollywood or whatever. And, you know, Tarantino posits like, what if it never, you know, what if it could never end, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's something really interesting having come into it with that history and that understanding of what that time was. And then just sort of seeing it turn on its head the way that Tarantino did, um, was was really interesting and really surprising for sure. What's your last photo? No. What's your last photo? Oh, my last photo is from our Fourth of July weekend. It is actually a photo of you, Max, Nate, and Kira huddled around a laptop doing a crossword. Oh, it's we can see it. It's a really cute photo. Oh, that's oh, lovely. No, um, I was I was I was sitting on uh, opposite end from you guys, and I'm like, this is a nice moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sneak a little surreptitious photo of this. I love that. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. We, did, we destroyed that crossword as well. We, oh, we really we did. We were feeling it that night. Fully yeah. cracked. Absolutely. Nate, what's the last photo in your camera roll? I can't tell you, oh. which leads me to my low. I broke my phone. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah I, I was, I was, I was waiting for that. Oh, that. no, that's great. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, it probably was a photo of us on that day because that was the last the day movie. I had a, a working phone. <laughs> my low for the week was that it was three at night or three in the morning, depending on your opinions on how AM works. And I was listening to a bounce of one of our new songs called What I Get, uh, which I would argue was one of the highs of the week. It isn't the high, but one of the highs was that we made progress on this song that we really started two years ago. And it sounded so good that I wanted to listen to it on my phone speakers at three in the morning while brushing my teeth. Only thing is, is that I put my phone precariously on a towel and it fell 
and phones and bathrooms a dangerous combo yeah. and I've I was actually many a screen in, I was, in a bathroom here's the thing though I was lulled into a false sense of security because when I picked up my phone it was fine like the screen was untouched I'm like that's why people buy cases baby uh, except for I also was like that was a loud thump I hope nothing's wrong but I was like I'm probably fine and I, I you know touched the screen I'm like I'm still fine in the you know face, facial unlock I got in, I was using my phone just just fine, and then I locked my phone. And turns out one area of my phone has become unresponsive. So I, you know, no matter how much you poke it, it doesn't read your finger. And it just happens to be the first number of my passcode. Oh no. Uh, so Brutal. despite it looking fine and despite it, everything, I, I couldn't even get into my phone. So I, I brought it in. They said I had to like send it out. And and that's the thing, is that I I'm okay. I'm I'm glad that I I'm very grateful that I that I had insurance on it, like the Apple Care or whatever, so I could get a new one and then I'll have a new phone in a couple of days and that you know, it's not like we're going anywhere really and you know, iMessage works on my computer. Like everything's all right. It's just your phone's kind of been places with you. You know, I think about the fact that I I've had that phone for 2 years and that I've made important calls on that phone and it's and it's come with me to New York and to Chicago and it's been a companion of mine through experiences and now I dropped it like it was you know yesterday's yesterday's jello <laughs> <laughs> that's often how you drop it yeah. <laughs> you know I just dropped it like it's yesterday's jello and and now I got to send it yeah. to a factory and that's that's the end of our companionship but yeah uh definitely a headache I didn't didn't need. Absolutely. But my high was, as I imagine we'll all probably talk about in our various iterations, my high was that uh, we had a lovely 4th of July that that actually, you know, I was, I was worried that it'd be a low because I, I miss going to New York for, for the 4th of July. But I, I was afraid we wouldn't see that many fireworks because there's no formal show. But instead, we went to, to, to yours and every every person in, you know, like at least one family per block was putting on their own individual fireworks show, which in the month leading up to it, it was a nightmare, but it was really nice to like sit on the hill and see a dozen different fireworks shows. It was really, really yeah. beautiful. So that's my my low and my high and my cop out on my last photo. Nice. Highs and lows? Highs and lows. I'm going to start with my high because I feel like it segues nicely from your low. Um, <laughs> it, for, for your this, high was my broken phone. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Nate lost his phone, I was just like, oh, man, that's uh, that's a joy that I didn't know what I could <laughs> No, it was. <laughs> You're like, he needs me. He needs my phone. <laughs> now he needs my phone. No, if anything, it was like, it was a uh, it was annoying because then I became I, my I became surrogate phone. I became your surrogate. Right. Phone. Um my high was uh, at least you're not yesterday's jello. Yeah, I know. You would hate to be yesterday's jello. I want to be today's jello. <laughs> I want to be the jello of the moment. Um, <laughs> my high uh, for this week was uh, was our, our Sunday. I would say there was a nice moment where we, we were all uh, we spent a day mostly like lounging by a pool. Uh, and later lounging in a hot tub. And there was a moment where I, I don't even particularly like swimming. I hate swimming pools. I've almost drowned when I was two. Uh, and, and most stuff about water absolutely stresses me the fuck out. But we spent the day just kind of like lounging around a pool. And like I was swimming around, bouncing back and forth in this pool. And uh, we were just shooting the shit. And I at a certain point, I realized that I had been away from my phone for like a really long time. And we had just been kind of like hanging out in this really quiet backyard just like enjoying each other's company. And there was a moment, a really pure moment where I was just like, this is like, this is just like a really nice and content moment where I'm subsisting on 
the company of my friends and uh, I have no desire to like connect with the outside world. And like at this particular moment, I am perfectly at peace. And I just had that. I, I presenced it within myself. and I was like, this is really nice. Um, what is my low? Do I have any new lows? I kind of, I kind of dealt. You had a whole new low. <laughs> you had a whole new low. Uh, what? I'm actually having trouble finding a low. I think it's been by and large a, uh, an exceptionally good week. Other than like the offshoot of, of what was my low last chat, I suppose. Navigating breakup town. Navigating breakup town. Mm. Um, I was think, it when I beat you at chess? Yeah, I'm going to say that. It's that's when you a, beat me at chess. Memory. That honestly was, a, that felt really <laughs> shitty. Um, <laughs> I, I trust, chess really stresses me out because uh, I love it, but I'm not like particularly good at it anymore. Um, but I, I, there's a part of me that desperately wants to be. So yeah, I think Nate beating me at chess was probably my low for the week. That was brutal. Yeah, I can sympathize with you. That was a rough game. Nate, Nate and I had a stunning draw that I <laughs> so nearly made a massive comeback from. And I was devastated to have fallen short of the win at the last moment. And it really ruined my week. I, I feel like winning on a technical stalemate does not, or not I mean, even yeah, not winning, just drawing, having a, a yeah. drawing on a technical stalemate but is I, not I necessarily a victory so on my So far kid. behind and to have made a couple of all right moves, which for me doesn't happen very often. To put myself in that position, I was massively proud of, and I quite yeah, frankly, I really I quite frankly blame, blame it on you. We, we were all sat around, dear listener, <laughs> on the grass outside my house, observing this spectacle, this marathon of a chess game. Yeah. Eyes, eyes agog, no phones in sight, as as we kind of were witness to this great this great competition, <laughs> and it was stolen from under my nose at the last second. So Nate's not in my good books low? right now. That's, that's not my low. I, I think with knowing glances to those in the room, this, this last week has been truly baffling just an absolute hodgepodge of every feeling tea for tumultuous tea for tumultuous tea for tension tea for indulgence um (laughs) and in six months time it'll all come out in a lot of brilliant songs from a lot of brilliant artists but for now while it's while it's not my place to to tell the story there's not enough punctuation and detail or 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 settling on on things yet to to overindulge unfortunately some some feelings got hurt and the high is that Everything is, is 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 looking up, and there were feelings that needed to be hurt, and I think everyone's on the same page. Um, but but that was tough. I, I'm, I'm never one, directly or indirectly, that wants to make anyone ever feel any worse about themselves than than they have to. And to have been involved in that complicitly or otherwise is um was was tough to come to terms with. But but it led me to the higher, which is that it really made me appreciate. You know, I'm I'm not typically one who indulges massively in kind of like external support systems. I like to think I've got relatively good coping mechanisms and, and the way I process things. Repression. Is with a bit, a bit of cheeky eggs benedict Repr- from repression. Repression in the holidays. But, um, but to have been spending so much time on this this 4th of July and the day after in the pool has, has truly given me an appreciation for this kind of little quarantine we've got. And um, and and I think it also forced me to be a little bit honest about with, with, with myself about what, what capabilities I have and 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 that it's not always the worst thing in the world to in, to indulge in some 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 self care time with other people who mean a lot to you. So and that open was the up positive. and open up. I think yeah. I think um, and I was I was talking about this with you like while we were all hanging out that because I came from such a, a childhood friendship where there was so much like communication and openness. I, I kind of just like that's how I how I view things. But even though that's not necessarily how everybody's experience of friendship is, but I feel like one of the things that I was trying to like coax you, you know, like elbow nudge you into is just, is just knowing that like, you know, we're friends that you can open up to and yeah. be honest with and, and, and that, that sort of thing. So no, mass- massively grateful for, for that weekend that we shared and the rest yeah. of the time, you know, that wasn't the only time we spent together this Absolutely. week and, and throughout all of it. Good either. hiking. 
some, yeah, some great hiking. Great hiking. Also, Kingsman. We forgot to mention that oh, when yeah, we were talking about like the, what a movie. the movie. It's I say we so watch good. the second one and then we talk about the yeah, you know, absolutely. We'll, Kingsman we'll, Two: we'll, Return of Jafar. Tackle yeah. on both. Return of Chinatown. Right. Right. Yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack strikes back. The Jack strikes back. But that, that that was my high and low, which I realize is a little a little vague to be all, oh, all consuming for a listener, but it is. It is no, Noah's was vague last. You know, yeah. the, people know that we we got to be mm-hmm. open on the show, but also that we are only responsible for our sides of the truth, and that there's also I th- I think you know. The situations I think that you and I specifically are being vague about require so much context that there's just it, it's not the place of the podcast yeah. to go into yeah, the nitty gritty details of, course, of, of our personal lives. And and I feel too like, but it feels dishonest to not talk about it because so, so much of our our job is to be honest about our lives. But but keep in mind that like when you know, dear listener, you hear a, a song or we talk about a story on the podcast, it's because we've had time to create the narrative. We've had time to check to make sure everybody involved in the narrative is okay and make sure also that we have have understood our place in the narrative and how how it's ended or how it it's continued you know but but be able to contextualize it but right now if you're in the middle of a story it's extremely hard to talk about and also i don't think appropriate to talk about yeah, you know absolutely. so so podcast town is not necessarily the place for it but we should have a separate podcast where we really exactly. really air our grievances really air yeah. our grievances and work yeah. through work through uh our, our things we should be working through with our therapist do we call it grieving lion grieving, grieving lion, lion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely wow um well i guess uh in conclusion, since since we are talking about narratives that are in the midst of, uh, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a result of all of this, which is that I've been in a bit of a writing rut recently. Oh, okay. And just not not even perhaps entirely as as a result of this, but it's certainly catalytic in that it gets you gets you feeling things and gets you thinking things, doesn't it? But I feel like I've been doing some of my best writing, some of my best production. I sat down in front of my laptop yesterday for a couple of hours. And the amount of work I did in that couple hours probably amounted to more quality content than the last month put together, you know. So, so it's really lovely to have that that kick, and it's given me a little bit of faith that I'm not running out of ideas. And you mm. know, that that's that's kind of a bit of a myth that sometimes we oh, scare ourselves yeah, with. Yeah, you know? for sure. So, so I'm glad I'm having them now, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to to continuing to pursue that. And, and I'm I think I'm going to really be proud of of what comes out the other end. I'm excited to hear it. I, just everything you show me is great, and I'm biased because part of what yeah. what we're working on is. You know our stuff, whatever. But like, you've got a very specific sound, and I'm I'm excited to see where you run with it. You know, uh, what am I looking forward to? Uh, we're we're now truly entering the home stretch of of our different plans record, and I'm excited to be out of the woods. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can see the day where I can breathe easy and not feel like I have a sort of Damocles over my head. Uh, with respect to uh, that's the name of the fish that we have hanging in the corner. Yeah, it's the sort of sort of Damocles. Damocles. Oh, it sort of Damocles right. is the fish, <laughs> the famous fish. So I think that's that's probably on on the immediate horizon. The thing I'm looking forward to is submitting this heckin' EP for Distro in a couple weeks. When's our deadline? Next week. The next week, yeah. Yeah, our deadline's next yeah. week. So it has to be a day after this airs. A day so. after this airs. Uh, so so if you're hearing this, understand we're currently in real time stressed as fuck. Yeah. 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 But shortly will be have a moment of respite yeah. that I'm very much looking forward to. As this airs, we'll probably be sat together with a bottle of champagne celebrating the fact that you're, you just hit distribution. And, right. And then the next morning we'll wake up and we'll listen to it. Right, 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 so, right, right. So that's his, that's his, the hope. That's week. what we're hoping, yeah. yeah. I, I'm happy, like, you know, what I'm looking forward to is is similarly for these songs to to come out. This song, What I Get, which was going to be, you know, this this record track, and I didn't really think too much about it has evolved into a really beautiful song, a song that has kind of hit home in a new kind of way. And and a song that when I think we first wrote it had 
a level of sadness to it, but recently discovered a level of anger in it, which is actually kind of a nice thing for me. I think I don't get angry. And I think that I, I needed a little bit of a, of a kick, a little bit of, of um, a, an excuse and a reason to be angry at certain things in past relationships or sort of both romantic and otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, just for, for the sake of letting go and sort of moving forward. And the thing I'm looking forward to is I'm symbolically shaving my beard uh, and opening myself self up to just like not being so cautious, you know, not being so workaholic and instead trying to see my life more holistically. Like, what do I want and how, you know, how do I kind of like emotionally prepare myself for that? Which I, I guess now I'm being cryptic, but like it's, it's just it's just more that I, I'm really good at compartmentalizing. And I think it's done me a lot of good in this music world and this podcast world, but not necessarily personally. And I think um, I'm very grateful to this friendship for reminding me that, you know, there is more to life than, you know, just making shit. Uh, but that that requires me to like unlatch a couple doors and and shave my face. Uh, as much as I do like this beard, yeah. I feel like I've I've used it as somewhat of an excuse to be a bit of a hermit emotionally. So uh, so I'm, I I'm looking I am looking forward to to that. Looking forward to Kingsman Two: Return of Jafar. Right. I'm looking forward to my gastroenterologist appointment because. <laughs> You know, I get to find out if that endoscopy was really all for naught mm-hmm. uh, or not for naught. <laughs> and uh, most excitedly, I'm looking forward to your outro, Max. So what do you got for okay. us? Oh. So I, I went a little hard right here. So I'm going to need you guys to explain what I'm doing. Okay, he's I've, reaching for his he's bag. He's reaching for his bag. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't he's need opening, this level of He's opening his bag. Okay, he's I, reaching I, in. He's reaching in. He's grabbing a Play-Doh. He's got Play-Doh. Uh, it he's is, pulling it out is, Play-Doh. It is orange and it is green. Orange, green, and, and purple, purple Play-Doh. He's got orange, green, and purple Play-Doh. Oh he's my God! He's handing us play-doh. the play-doh. play-doh. Play-Doh's been distributed, so here's how we're going to win this okay, podcast. Okay, so we're guys. opening up the. You open the, it. We're opening up the cap. Okay. You can you can smell it to remind yourself of happier days. Oh my God! It smells. The heady and halcyon wow. times of life on the playground. Wow, that is a. This, yeah, I'm, hold, I'm holding the smell up to the mic because okay. if that's going to work. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. You guys have 20 seconds. Okay. To build okay. your favorite animal. Okay. Whoa. We're okay. then, then going to describe the animals to each other, and the person with the best animal wins the podcast. Oh my god! Whoa. That's okay. how this is going to yeah. work. Okay. Jesus Christ, okay. Max. okay. Okay. Let's do it. Wait, first, I got to get out of the tub. That's a little, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The initiative so, test I really wasn't okay. expecting here. Max, I need you. I need you to have some sort of narration going on as we're we're making our our animals. Our animals. I don't yeah. even know how to make them. A- well, I still can't get mine out of the tub. <laughs> I might need some assistance. Eat dirt losers. You, uh, I already yeah. got legs on this bitch. <laughs> All right, you know. Bonus points if you guess the animal. Oh, if I guess the animal. Yeah, if we can guess everyone's animals. Okay, okay. You definitely threw us for a loop. Did you buy Play-Doh? Of course I did. <laughs> no, I just I just own Play-Doh, Nate, as a 22-year-old. Listen, I'm not sure. Old male. You you now own Play-Doh. I was the kid that used to eat this, so if I... Oh, my God. If I If, I if had, you start if eating it Play-Doh, now, yeah. yeah. So right. we're going to begin, and here's what's happening. Okay. I, 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 I was fully aware when I, when I chose to do this, I was plagued with a glob of unasinous ideas until Play-Doh came to my head about well, how do I end this? And then I realized that obviously for us in the room, this is massively fun, right? We get to get to play with Play-Doh, get to build some animals, but it doesn't necessarily translate perfectly in a visual, <laughs> visual-less medium, does it? So we're going to have to kind of explain what's going on here. We're all kind of sat in a semicircle and I'm we're out here. Frantically. Frantically. Playing with Play-Doh. Rolling Play-Doh for the first time in probably, what, 16 years? Yeah, this is, right? this is an extremely challenging thing. 
that I'm having a hard time doing. But I appreciate the the, the challenge. Yeah, well, it's a little yeah. different. I'm I'm stressed is what I'm trying to say. Oh God! Oh no! His head. Yep. His head has fallen. Okay. Shit. Oh no, oh, it, no I've made a plane. Oh no! <laughs> oh, crap. His is looking like an actual thing. Okay. This guy looks like Jonky Sack, <laughs> which is really really unfortunate. It is so hard to make specific features. Why do you think I did this? You think I didn't know that going into this? I, I call it 10 more seconds. Okay. Jesus 10 more seconds. Christ. Okay. Okay. It's happening. It is happening. Now it looks like yesterday's jello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about yesterday's jello. Yeah, also known as your phone. Oh no. Dropped. Like yesterday's jello. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I've got I've got my answer. I'm I'm not gonna win this. I'm I'm simply not. Uh, I got I got mine. I got mine. But I'm okay. kinda proud of what I did. All right. All right. All right. So should I go first? I, I think we should guess. Okay. I mean, Noah has to go last. Just looking around the room, Noah has to okay, go last. Okay, Noah definitely has to go last. Yeah. Okay. Right. Wait, no. Did we make the same thing? Let's discuss. Let's okay, okay, discuss. Let's, 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 let's discuss, okay. Nate. So, Nate. Okay. Yes. Describe us your work, please. Okay. So it's orange with tiny specks of purple in it because I helped Max uh, take open his, my purple. Open his purple. Um, and it, I would describe it as a flat shelled turtle with really stubby. I'm not it's sure. Really, really. Not sure. Yeah. I would. There's, there's some uh, mild really, revisionism occurring really here. Stuff, really stuffy legs, an extremely concave stomach, yeah. and, uh, and and a small uh, little little taily thing. But I think my favorite yeah. part is that his face just looks really sad. Yeah. It just his eyes are closed. He's got a perpetual kind of frown. He's got the kind of frown where his his sort of facial lines also are frowning, mm-hmm. kind of in parallel. But he he looks like he sort of owned the sadness. Like mm. it looks like he's been sad. A while, nice, and he's okay with that. And I call it, I call him sad, um, sad, sad. <laughs> I call him sad. I, and I call him sad, sad, sad right. turtle man. So I somehow, unbelievably, that's better than mine. Okay, yeah. Um, because okay, can I can I can I describe yours? Yeah, give it a go. Cool, 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 cool. I'll cool. start. I'll, I'll just tell you it lives in the sea, just so you can get that off. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm ignoring that because it looks as if you took a regular human person <laughs> and two steamrollers. Uh, ran over him next to each other, taking to an account a slight ridge between the two. They left the spine. They intact. left the spine completely intact. Yep. So I would say, uh, if you are going, and there's like there's an upside down face that's smiling. If anything, your face is the opposite of mine. He looks like he's been smiling the whole time, even as he was being run over by two steamrollers. Yeah, that's a, that's a. <laughs> He's, a, he's he's currently chilling out in Marrakesh. Clay, yeah, clay yeah, bricks yeah. are pounding. So wait, but if that if this is is that a is that a array? Is that uh, supposed yeah, to be a array? I, I didn't think you got. It was supposed to be a manta ray, and then yeah. I realized five seconds into choosing that that I don't remember what those look like. Yeah, I do, and that's not that. Yeah, that's but, not. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a manta ray. The way yeah. I, the way I would describe I wouldn't even this, call it a ray. You know, I would have to. Is um, you you guys know like the B two stealth bomber? Yeah. Imagine, yeah. Imagine that, but it didn't like corners. That's kind of what this looks like. It looks it looks less like a manta ray and more like a bull ray, like the one that killed Steve Irwin. Like yeah, because okay. those those are because manta rays like flare outward. They're like wide, really wide boys. Wide. But I, I can, that does I can look like a, another kind of ray. Oh, okay. Also, wait so, for one ray to really ruin it for the rest of the rays. Exactly, you know, yeah, right. like now now that species of ray is the one that the killed, one that Steve, killed Irwin, Steve Irwin. You know, like. <laughs> Anyone take, right. want to take a stab at, at describing my creature? That's a bear. That's, that's, that's a really nice bear. It's I either thought, a dog or a polar bear. I thought it was I a... I, th- I thought it was okay, a... Okay, it's a sheep, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, it's stunning. It, that is genuinely impressive. Work. I was hoping the feet would give it away, because like that was my last-ditch attempt. It's Okay, so it's a quadruped. 
Yeah. Uh, it's got kind of a bulbous back. I was trying to make it sort of sheep-like by like puffing it out like it had fur and making sure the tail was like really like short. No, I thought I thought it was a turtle, but less you're, sad. You're than functioning mine. on an entirely different level. Yeah. Titles. I was smushing this guy just in any any which way. Two bulldozer style. I'm actually kind of proud of my little guy. He's he's got you know you, you can see how it's a sheep though, right? Yeah, hundred percent. With the it's got like floppy ears. It's got like ears that kind of flop down. No, you can tell yourself anything you I, want to. I'm yeah. gonna tell myself that this is a sheep. A sheep. Well, we'll take a photo and and we'll put yeah. it on our story so people can see what it yeah, actually can see and they can judge for themselves. Yeah, because only our yeah. listeners can judge. Only our well, actually, no. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, the rules stipulate that I can judge. Okay, and yeah. so I would like to declare Noah as the winner of this podcast. I won the podcast, And y'all. consequently, he gets to say the podcast catchphrase, cooking doesn't get tougher than this. Oh, okay. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Thank you, Max Chester, for You're another uh, lovely yeah. episode of Talking Lion uh, being with us. Uh, Thank so you, we Max. Yeah. Chat. As the official winner of Talking Lion this week, I'd like to leave you with this. Cooking doesn't get tougher than this. I'd like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.